Well, we need something to, to bring us in the mood because we're going to talk about some hard scriptures uh, this week, and we'll see what happens as we talk about Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 through 30. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. It says that you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. Verse 28 says, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. In verse 30, and if your right eye causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body actually go to hell. Well, dear Lord, thank you that we have this opportunity to now open up your scriptures. Thank you that you've been with us as we've praised and worshiped you in song. And we've also prayed to you as a community. And we've also heard of your testimonies of the goodness that you've been doing in our life. Now, Lord, as we open up scriptures, I pray that you be with us even, even more boldly now, that you would speak through us and to us in our mind, in our emotions that we may physically be able to understand what you've called us to do, to spiritually understand what you've called us to do, but then also have the courage to be able to do it. And Lord, when we do that, let us give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 You know, when I um, was thinking about the scripture, I wanted to uh, remember back really about the first times where I really committed my life to walk with God in a great way. And as I was thinking about that, I remember that, you know, there was a point in time in my life where I was living in Chicago and I wasn't around my family a lot. And so when I get an opportunity to visit my family, uh, we would always just kind of catch up on life. And I would share with them the, the things that were going on and what was the priority of my life. And one of the things was just talking about my faith in God a lot. So I introduced them to my church. And then also I for some reason, I would always have a new female friend around my family. And for me, I thought it was innocent, and I didn't think, really think it was that big of a deal. Um, but remember, my mom kind of pulled me aside and said, hey, I know you're kind of, you know, this new thing in God that you're, you're talking about, but I always notice something strange. You always have a, a different female friend around me. And I thought it was innocent. I wasn't trying to, you know, just innocence, you know. But my mom tried really called me out, and that gave me this understanding that that sometimes the things that that you are doing in your past kind of still come up with you until you begin to make a change. And as you begin to make that change, it's not always as easy as you would actually anticipate it being. And today we've been talking about over the past few weeks of through the Beatitudes and the Sermon on Mount how how God is actually really calling us to live a life of change, a life that is kind of upside down of what the world actually typically reflects. And I was reflecting a life that, that the world typically reflects. I always had new kind of friends, when I female men, and, and wasn't really realizing the impact that it actually had on my life. My, but my mom was able to help me to see, you know, maybe 
you know, all this this new talk with God wasn't as real as you were actually trying to make it out to be. And when we read the scriptures today, I think that, you know, we're going to talk about something that, that sometimes is, you know, a hard subject to talk about. But I think it's a needed, you know, subject to talk about. And it's, you know, how we actually deal with sexual temptation. You know, the word lust is here in the verses of scripture. And as we get here, uh, the very first scripture that I would like to share with us is verse 27. You know, where Jesus Christ begins to tell us that you have heard it said that you shall not commit adultery. And I'm sure that you all have probably heard that as well before, too. You have heard that it said do not commit adultery. And just to remind us of what adultery is, is extramarital affairs, extramarital relationships, um, some people call it cheating. Some people call it side chick. Some people call it a, a side dude. Some people might call it a mistress. And we also kind of live in this culture where it's kind of really celebrated, you know, where you kind of almost as if have two separate lives, you know, one that is with your commitment and then another life that is with someone who gives you something that your committed relationship actually doesn't give you. You know, and, and Jesus Christ is talking to us in a, in a sense where you know, we've actually even given you a commandment through the Bible that says that you should not commit adultery. But then he takes it a little further and not just defines what adultery is, but he goes into verse 28 and says, but I say to you, and I love when Jesus Christ says that, but I say to you, because he's always giving us this greater insight that, that, that the law that God provides for us is not as important as the relationship that God is truly trying to give to this Christ. And he says, but I say to you that, Everyone who looks at a woman, or I'll add even a man, with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so I ask us this question, you know, Jesus Christ is defining adultery in his heart, and, and what is he really saying? He's saying that it's not really simply looking at a person that he is condemning, because maybe that you've heard that before, is that, you know, if you look at a person in a certain kind of way, well, you've already committed adultery. But what he's really telling us is that if you are looking at a person with lust and desire, you know, he said, you've already gone on to the path that actually creates adultery, you know, in your heart. And what that really tells us is something significant. There's a, there's a man, I, I use the story to kind of illustrate what that significance that he is telling us. There's a man in the Bible, his name is King David. And King David is a man that is known to be, have the heart that is after God's own heart. You know, the only one in scripture that's ever been given that title where it says he's a man who is truly of my heart's desire, meaning that he will do all that I've actually called him to do, will live a life that is holy, righteous, and true to me. Yet and still, there's also a story that the Bible tells us about David where he was not at work one day and he's sitting on top of his balcony and he sees a beautiful woman bathing. And as he sees this beautiful woman bathing, as the king, he decides that I'm going to have her for my own self. And as he does that, he goes and he gets his people to go get her so that he can actually be with her in some kind of way. I guess he wooed her or romanced her or simply took her. And as he actually took her and ended up creating, committing adultery with her, he wanted to actually now just be done with her. But not being done with her... You know, the long of the story is that he ends up, because the woman was married and had to try to figure out a way that he would not be implicated in his adultery, tried to get him to sleep with her, but his husband would not because he was at work. 
And so it made it a very complicated situation where ends up she becomes pregnant and it's his baby and now what does he do? And he ends up eventually just killing the man because of all of the entire situation. And so the point of that story is to remind us of just what one simple look can do. You know, a man who's actually just on top of a tower, just relaxing on a regular day, looks out and he actually sees something that is enticing and that is desirable to him, and it ends up becoming a whole mess, you know, in his life, where he ends up even taking the life of another person because of the fact that he committed adultery and was trying to cover up his lie. And so when Jesus Christ is telling us in verse 28, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman or a man with lustful intent has already committed adultery in his, in his heart or her heart, what he's saying is that that one look can actually be dangerous for you because it begins to lead you onto a path for you to begin to take actions. And I think that that's what, what, what God is really trying to warn us or give us an intent, is saying if you are going to live this committed life, understanding that it's not about just the actions that you do, but it's also the thought that you have and the intent that you actually have with other people because it begins to, to move your life in a certain direction. Verse 29 begins to say to you, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown in hell. And in verse 30, he says, and if your right eye causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body to be thrown away. So what is the point of, of this cut your eye out and, and take your hand away? You know, what is the point of all that? I don't think that, you know, any of us, if we are um, looking at a person or or we are trying to commit an action that is not really lawful in God, that he is calling us now to come back a week later with just like one limb or a patch on our eye today. So don't do that as you hear this message. But what I, but what I think the point that he's trying to make is that we should be proactive to change our sin patterns. We should really be proactive to change our sin patterns. And what he's, you know, for us, we don't, we have something that's very, very unique. There's, a, there's this beautiful um, picture that I once saw with, which today our phones are almost as if they're like connected to our hands. And there's like had these binds on your hand that almost it seems that it's connected to it. And I think this is a good illustration where if, if our behavior with our phone, and our phone is like a, a great gateway to be able to see and to desire things that probably we shouldn't see and desire. And I'm amazed at the, the things that you can get involved with just by innocently clicking on one thing that leads to another thing. You could want to see a memorialization of, of a basketball player. And the next thing you know, you're on this other kind of opportunity to see something that you don't have no business actually looking at. And so it's just amazing that, that what access these phones actually give us today. I have a friend of mine that gives us probably a good illustration of, of being able to change our sin patterns based on, you know, what we are connected to in this world based on our phones. I have um, access to this friend, his passwords on all of his electronics devices, because what he has decided and realized in his own heart is that he can't trust himself. And what he's decided is that, that I don't want to actually let myself be controlled by pornography. I don't want to let my soul myself be controlled by the actions that I see 
in social media, on the internet. So what I've decided to do is actually at least try to create all of um, child safe protections that I can on my media devices. And I have all his password. And so it's really weird because there's sometimes that we're just together and he's like, hey, can you put my password in? Because, you know, I want to actually download this app so I can buy something. <laughs> but he's realizing in order, he can't trust himself. And so for in order for him not to, to go into this next phase, which is to watch pornography or see something that is, that is sexually tempting for him, which would next allow him to take the next step to do something that he probably knows that he does not want to do, I've actually got to cut the behavior off really where it starts. I have another good friend that actually realizes that he has what was what would be called as a is a trigger. You know, triggers are psychologically defined as um, a internal or external circumstance that actually leads you back to an old pattern that you've actually tried to cut in, cut off in your life. And so, a friend of mine is telling me that one of his triggers is alcohol. And so, what alcohol does for him, it actually reminds him of the person that he actually used to be when he wanted to be sexually promiscuous. And so when he has a drink, it gives him the opportunity to think about and be the same person that he used to be when he wanted to be sexually promiscuous. So he has learned that that I can't even be around a drink. I can't even actually be around the bar because I know that one drink, even though it's innocent for many other people, is actually a trigger that actually will bring him back into a, an older habit. You know, there's, there's a, a verse of scripture. Maybe you're in this room and you're saying, well, I don't have the, the temptation of pornography that invades my life. Or I can see a, a handsome person walking down the street or I can see a beautiful person walking down the street. And it actually doesn't actually tempt me to actually go to the next level. Or I can have a drink and it actually does not give me that same trigger of trying to be promiscuous in my life. I'm also reminded of here of a beautiful scripture in verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that I would like to read for a few seconds that gives us a little bit of pause in life and gives, at least gives me a pause in life. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, Therefore, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you not to think of himself or herself more highly than he ought, but to think with sober judgment. And I love that scripture um, because it actually tells us that, you know, even if you think that you are okay and this would not happen <coughs> to you, I'm sure if we think about a King David, he did not think that he would actually end up murdering somebody because he took a look at a woman who was naked having a bath. You know, so I think the scripture just reminds us is that you know, we should, we should caution ourselves sometimes to think more highly than we ought to. And I would also even say that I've taken some precautions in my own personal life that even if I'm ever having like a, a counseling session, you know, with a, another woman, one of the things that I'll try to do is make sure my wife is always there. You know, I've heard that that's like just some good wisdom that, that men should do sometimes is make sure that you're just not in, in an environment where actually can just lead to a certain situation or somebody thinking that something could happen. I, I used to have this, you know, funny scenario. I used to I talk about this a lot in, in, in school, which is that I had uh, some friends of mine that um, because I was single, 
you know, at that time, and I was hungry and working. Sometimes people would actually just cook dinner. And uh, we had a community that would just always share dinner together. So me being innocent, you know, I'm just an innocent person. uh, (laughs) Just naive. And I just thought that people were just inviting me over for dinner. And and lo and behold, I I heard that that people were, were inviting me over because they felt that I was interested in them, you know. And it was a way that I would, would tell people hello. <laughs> and the way that I would say, how are you doing? <laughs> that people had this idea that maybe there was something more you know, that was involved. You know, that, that kind of re- reminds us of like, what does, you know, adultery in the heart looks like? You know, when I was growing up, we used to use this word thirsty. You know, it's a word where, you're, where you, you just, you had, you had a certain thirst that was just apparent. What's going on in your life? And I wish I was be able to show you a couple pictures, but I, I spent some time looking at pictures of like um, there's this man who's who took this innocent picture that he took with Rihanna, right? And uh, I think he's an actor as well, but it's just like a really fun-loving picture. And then in the back of the picture, way in the back, you see this man just looking at Rihanna with this yeah, thirsty yeah. look, <laughs> yeah, and, and you can see, you know, what, what the what the scriptures tell us is that he has. He is thinking about the plans that he actually can have with this woman. And so when we think about like what lust in the heart actually means, it's not just that simple look, but it's actually the plans that you could actually do and the things yeah. that you can actually experience with that person. And God has just given us a really good caution to be able to say that, you know, first and foremost, I want to remind you that holiness is real. And oftentimes, you know, why sometimes I'm comfortable to begin to talk about things like that is that is that we love to hear a good message that's encouraging. You know, we love to hear a message that's about the faith that we can accomplish, the things that we can achieve, the, the victories that we that we want to, to have happen in our life, the houses that we can get, you know, all the things that, that can be other promises. But when God begins to bring scriptures like this that says that, but remember, holiness is real. You know, holiness is my desire for you. And sin is an aspect of our life that we actually really need to control and actually think about. And so I remind us here, you know, during this this beautiful Valentine's Day weekend, you know, to also think about, like, the sanctity of our relationships and and the establishing the foundation of of what it actually means to be committed to one another. You know, when we think about what it means to be committed to one another, God uses... I would call monogamy, and it uses a committed relationship because it actually prepares us for a relationship with him. And so I want to give you an example of that really quickly. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. I'll read that to give us a good illustration. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. It says to you and I, the eye is the lamp of the body, So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And that scripture even goes off to say that we can't serve two masters and it gives us an opportunity to move in a direction toward God. But the eyes itself tells us that our habits and our behaviors are actually formed by what we actually see. And oftentimes we don't really think about that. You know, we think that, you know, we're just watching a movie. 
Uh, we're just on the internet. We're just viewing things or, or we're just seeing the atmosphere as it relates to it. But God tells us that really the things that you actually see is a portal to actually what is in your heart and what's in your heart creates the habits and behaviors that you have in your life. And so just to simply real quick, you know, whatever you see is going to be the foundation of actually what comes out of you. And so I'm reminded of, of Jesus Christ going all the way back and telling us stories that always relate to sexual relationships to our relationship with God. And he says to us in many kind of ways that the more that you are unfaithful in, in relationships with people, the more that you'll be unfaithful in a relationship with me. I think that's really, really ironic is that sometimes our relationship with God is dictated by the relationships that we have with another person. And so the person who, what it says to us, and the person who is able to be faithful to another person is more apt to be faithful to God than the things that God calls us to be faithful to. I think that's a beautiful statement where God is trying to get us to. He tries to get us to a place of being able to say that I'm the one who's supposed to really have your heart. And I use relationships sometimes to get you to understand that just as you love that person, you know, with all your heart, all your soul, all your might and your strength, that's the same way that I've called you to love me. You know, with, with giving myself, giving yourself all to me and every single ability and every single capacity that we actually need in life. So where do we take this conversation? You know, what do we do? We, you know, what's the whole point of it? I think one of the things that, that God is really trying to, to get us to appreciate is the aspect of commitment yeah. and, and understanding the purity that comes behind it and the relationship that, the relationships that are defined by commitment and being able to help us to see that he has not created us to be isolated and man shall not live alone, but he's actually created for us helpers. Um, so that we have this opportunity to actually live life in relationship with other people. But then, most importantly, to learn how to live life in relationship with God and commitment. So I want to make sure we kind of emphasize that in, in one aspect. A friend of mine was, was sharing with me, remember a long time ago, not so long ago, but some time ago, that he said that he felt that he was an extremely attractive guy. And he felt that he could have, have any guy, any woman that he ever wanted. And he says, I kind of feel the same thing about you, Joseph. And I was like, I felt good about that. <laughs> but as he said that, he said, but I said, I've noticed something that's different about you. It's like, it's like I don't see your eyes wander a lot. And I said, I, I said, it's all about this scripture that we're reading here today, which tells us that if a man just begins to engage in this process of looking with his eyes, with desire, it begins to take the next steps in our life. Man, I'm just like you. And was able to say that I want to look as much and I want to experience as much as you can with your eyes. But I understand where that's actually going to take me. You know, it's going to take me into a dangerous position. So I try to do my best, you know, not to actually let my eyes wander. And as I don't let my eyes wander, you know, it becomes just more of a habit. You know, it becomes a habit where it's like as, as we understand there are things that you can actually appreciate, but there are things that maybe you don't need to desire and try to want all the time. And so maybe that's where God is, is trying to get us to, to take this week so that we really enjoy the Valentine's week of love is to be able to make sure that it's about the commitment that God has actually given to us to another person, 
or actually even to think about the commitment that we've actually made to him. And the more that we practice both one to another, the more that our lives will actually be for the better. And I pray that we, we do that this week. Amen. Amen.